Welcome to Adult Bedtime Stories. Are you ready to experience nocturnal emissions? Join us in a sex-positive awakening adventure to help create a sex-positive world. Become part of a movement and start living a sex-positive lifestyle, free of sexual shame and guilt. Adult Bedtime Stories is a Ravenslayer production. Adult Bedtime Stories is a show dedicated to bringing sacredness back to our sexuality and to learn about everything sexual. Allow the beautiful sexy creature within you to emerge. Each week the focus of the show will be on a different sexual topic designed to enlighten you so you develop more fully as a sexual being. This is a sex education that you didn't receive in high school but should have. Imagine for a moment that we could change the world and live a sex-positive lifestyle. In our sex-negative world, the process of socialization teaches us to feel shame and guilt around sex. By adopting a new set of attitudes and values around sex, we can view sex with a new understanding, which is accompanied with positive emotions and the attitude that sex is a sacred act. I am Lady Boy Chi a sex expert, a life coach, and a sacred harlot. My life vision is to create a sex-positive world through adult education and BDSM performance art. Hello and welcome. I am Ladyboy Gigi, and you are listening to Adult Bedtime Stories. I have Paul with me tonight. Hey, guys. <laughs> and tonight we're going to be doing the topic of non-binary. And what does that mean? And there's many definitions out there. And I think it might be good to kind of clarify because it's not just something, I mean, different people have different ideas on what it means. And I, I kind of like to go back to the bisexual definition. Bisexual can mean many different things to different people. And Robin Oaks came out with a good definition. I think it was Robin Oaks. Bisexuality is self-defined. <laughs> and it means what it means to you. And I think with intersex and with transsexual and transgender and all the labels out there, it really means what it means to you. And I kind of like going that route because we have to define ourselves in meaningful ways. But it gets tricky because we have to communicate to others that may have slightly different definitions. And so I wanted to clarify that off the top because being bigendered or being non-binary 
it can be it can include transsexuals, but it can include other people too. I know I'm hermaphrodite. I don't consider myself trans, but I do consider myself non-binary. Whereas some trans people do consider themselves non-binary and some don't. (laughs) So it's kind of a can of worms in a way. (laughs) It can be very confusing. But I think doing a show on this can kind of shed some light on it. I know when I was growing up, I had a lot of difficulties with gender. I remember, oh, I must have been five or six years old, and it just didn't feel right going in the men's bathroom. So I snuck in and tried the women's bathroom one time, and that didn't feel right either. (laughs) And I was very confused at a very young age because... I didn't fit in with the all-boys club or the all-girls club. I was somewhere in between. I was in the shadows, so to speak. And I went through a lot of dysphoria and difficulties, really kind of getting a handle on, well, what am I? (laughs) And I know that's not an easy question. I mean, what is it to be male or female? We don't really have a good working definition that fits everybody. (laughs) What is male and female to begin with is very complex. It's not just what's between your legs. It's partly the way your mind works. It's partly your energy, your spirit, however you want to define yourself. It's also body, physical, So it's a lot of different building blocks that make up gender. And it's a very complex thing. When we're first conceived, we're all born as female. And it's not until the differentiation process occurs. And this is a very complex process that we differentiate into male or female or something else. And science has proven this. I mean... It's very well documented that sex is highly complex. It involves chromosomes, it involves hormones, it involves hormones in the right timing. A whole number of factors make up what it is that we are. And so I look at gender as really more of a spectrum. But I'll let Paul jump in here. I definitely agree with you that gender is a spectrum. And there's a lot of different ways that people describe themselves as non-binary people. Some people consider themselves to be gender fluid. Some people lean more towards one or or the other, but still consider themselves non-binary There's some people that reject the notion of gender and consider themselves agender. And it goes back to what you were saying. I think that these descriptions are helpful to the people that they're helpful for. And I think that, in general, when someone tells you, 
what gender they are, you should take them at face value and not argue with them and pretty much use whatever pronouns they they ask you to use. There are a lot of people that use different pronouns. They, them is the most common one in English. There are also people who prefer they, them. There's a lot of different ones out there. I personally am pronoun apathetic. I really don't care what pronouns that people use. And I think one of the reasons that's true for me is because I don't really uh, experience gender dysphoria, which a lot of people do. And I, I feel very, very happy that that's not something I have to deal with. And there are people in the non-binary community that are gatekeepers that think that if you don't experience gender dysphoria, that you're not really non-binary, and I think that they're wrong. I know that while I don't experience gender dysphoria, I do experience gender euphoria a lot. I know that when I get dressed up real cute and I go out and I get compliments on my dress or my skirt or the things that I'm wearing, when I can, like, I particularly like it when I can kind of meld masculine and feminine activities. I like working out in dresses and skirts. I like, I remember the other weekend I was helping my friend work on his car and we were both wearing cute skirts and crop tops and looking real adorable and working on cars. And to me, that felt very affirming in who I am. There's a difference between your gender and your gender expression. There are people that may consider themselves non-binary, but may present mostly masculine or mostly feminine, and that doesn't take away anything from their gender. I know that I like to have a very kind of eclectic gender expression. I like wearing a lot of women's clothing, but I also have a beard. I don't try to feminize my voice at all, uh, even if I'm looking real, real pretty and I'm all dolled up. And I really embrace both of those energies inside of me. And I really couldn't imagine living any other way. I know for me, one of the things that came up at, a, at pagan events through the years has been people have discussed, especially the women, the feminine mysteries. And I never heard about men or anybody really discussing the masculine mysteries. And so there is this kind of weird unbalance off-balance in our culture when it comes to gender and sex. It seems like there's 
a discrepancy. <laughs> and I think part of it is how we're culturated. We're culturated to men do this, women do that, and and it's getting better. It's not as strict as it once was, but at one point, especially when I was growing up, gender roles were very fixed and you had to really fall in line with them or get in lots of trouble. It's that boys don't cry thing. <laughs> I remember being told by my parents, if you keep crying, we're just going to beat you more. <laughs> we're going to beat it out of you. Boys don't cry. <laughs> and that can hurt very deep. And Paul was talking a little bit about gender dysphoria. I went through a period of just this. It was a little different than what I've heard a lot of trans people talk about. It was feeling lost, not knowing what am I, who am I, where do I fall in this? And that was a mystery to me. And it got me really intrigued about the masculine and feminine mysteries. I, I know that, that for me, it took me a long time to really except that I was non-binary. Like, I knew that I wasn't like the other boys growing up. I spent a lot of time, like, I'd go to my cousin's house, and I remember I had a couple of cousins that really liked dressing me in girls' clothes and doing my makeup. And when I was pretty young, like seven, eight, years old my parents thought it was kind of cute and silly and I'd get all dolled up and then I'd go into the living room and I'd parade around and they would laugh and think it was cute and my dad took quote unquote blackmail pictures because one day I was gonna grow up and be mortified by it but then as I got older, I still liked it. I did it every time we went to those cousins' house. And eventually, my parents went from being entertained by it to particularly my dad kind of condemning it and be, being like, you know, you're, you're growing up and this is getting a little weird and you're really not supposed to like this kind of stuff. So I had to start hiding it from my dad because I didn't want to stop getting dressed up when I would go over to my cousin's house. And then I got a little bit older and I started doing Rocky Horror Picture Show and getting dressed up to go to, to Rocky every weekend. And I really enjoyed it and I had a great time. And I kept on finding excuses to cross-dress uh, because I knew it felt good, and I, I knew I really liked it. But it, it, was, it wasn't until I was in my mid-20s that I really came to accept the fact that I was non-binary. I had quit going to Rocky and didn't have as many excuses to dress and drag, and I had a few skirts that I would wear, but I 
had long ago decided that I didn't care about gender roles, and a lot of times the only way to get some of the cute clothes that I wanted to wear was to wear women's clothing. But there was one skirt that my friend gave me. It was a little patent leather mini black skirt, and it really made me feel different than all of the other skirts had made me feel. At this point, a lot of my friends were trans and non-binary, so I was pretty familiar with the whole thing, and something about putting that skirt on and wearing it for a day made me wake up and realize that I I wasn't a guy, and that it was okay that I wasn't a guy. I know that it was kind of a hard thing for me to understand because I thought, well, I don't experience dysphoria, so that must mean that I'm just a guy that's very comfortable inside my own skin. But then I started to accept that I didn't need dysphoria to to be gender non-conforming. And once I really accepted that about myself, I really came to understand myself at a much deeper level. And I would like to bring up that yesterday was Celebrate Bisexuality Day, September 23rd. People celebrating all over the world. It's amazing some of the emails and notifications I get about different activities going on. And it's in the bi community that I first came across the concept of gender bending or gender fluid. And I embraced it so deeply. It was like, maybe that's where I fit in. And like, at that point, I did know I was a hermaphrodite. But even with that knowledge, I didn't really know where I fit into everything. And then I discovered Burning Man and the pagan community and many other community, alternative communities that were very open and accepting and and really loved some of the outfits I wore. <laughs> I remember I used to do work weekends at one of the pagan campgrounds where I'd run a chainsaw naked and with my nails painted. And I wouldn't get a scratch on my nails. <laughs> and I worked hard all day, cutting down trees, clearing out new campsites. And it was just, at the end of the day, one of the guys that kind of ran things, he'd say, let me look at your nails. And he'd look at them and he'd go, this is just so wrong. How can you run a chainsaw and cut down trees all day and not even... <laughs> screw up your nails. <laughs> he said, this is just so wrong. <laughs> I became kind of a legend just with painted nails, being able to work a chainsaw all day without screwing up my painted nails. <laughs> I think part of it is expression, how we want to express ourselves, but there's a deeper part, how we identify inside. 
what rings true? And I know there's times when I've gotten kind of dressed very femme, and that didn't quite fit. And then, and I had, you know, the falsies and the everything kind of tucked away and tried to pass as female and actually did pretty well, except my voice. <laughs> and that didn't quite fit for me. And then I started just dressing the way I enjoyed dressing with all the wrong pokey outy parts. <laughs> I didn't wear anything to make, make me look like I had breasts, and I didn't tuck my dick away. I had all the bulges in the wrong places. <laughs> and a lot of people didn't get it back then. I even got kicked out of a trans bar because I didn't pass, and I was talking to some of the trans people that did pass. They said, that's not allowed. And I thought, this is so weird. And I think part of it was, I am me. I am a hermaphrodite. I know I'm kind of a rarity. <laughs> I'm an outspoken hermaphrodite. But that's part of what set my heart and soul is, I don't want to be male or female. I want to be what I was born to be, something in between. And so I think that's what gives me a special meaning to the whole non-binary concept. Is that not all of us fit in one end or the other. <laughs> Any thoughts, Paul? Yeah. I know that for me, uh, there are things that I do that make me feel feminine. There are things that I do that make me feel masculine. And I know that a lot of those are socially constructed and entirely dependent on, on my culture. And I know that, that it feels right when I embrace the things that make me feel feminine and it feels right when I do the things that make me feel masculine and I know that because I'm kind of fluid in my gender there are times where I want to kind of shift like whether I'm feeling feminine or masculine at the time because when I am feeling more feminine. I am definitely a lot more emotional. I know that I'm, when I'm feeling feminine, I feel a, a specific kind of creativity and things like that. And if I have a friend who is going through an emotional problem, I do the things that make me feel feminine to get in the right headspace. And then if, for me, when I'm feeling masculine, I'm a lot more analytical. I know that I am able to have a, a task and really focus on it and 
and be more single-minded when I'm in masculine mode. So I'll do things that make me feel masculine if I need to do something that is a single task that is goal-oriented, that I need to be analytical for. And I can listen to certain kinds of music to, to shift my mood more masculine. And I found it a, a great tool for me in life to be able to shift where I am internally to meet different goals that I have for the day. And I, that's one of the things that makes me feel being able to make that shift makes me feel a lot of feelings of just gender euphoria and it's it's awesome and i know that for me it's like i feel like in a way i'm a shapeshifter <laughs> i'm very different and i can not only hide in the shadows and live in the shadows, but I can come out of the shadows at times. And I remember my partner, she used to like to walk about five feet behind me when I used to go grocery shopping at the grocery store in Montrose because I would wear some of my outfits that, without the right pokey-outy parts... And sometimes I'd even have facial hair and be in these outfits. And this was like 20 years ago. And this is a gay part of town. And people would kind of keep me in their line of vision, kind of smiling and acting normal. And as soon as I was out of their eyesight and they were out of mine... They would turn and look at me, and she just got a kick out of watching people's reactions to, what is this? <laughs> this thing that's walking with uh, the wrong pokey parts and, and femme, partially femme attire and partially male attire, and it just didn't fit anybody's definitions. And so I kind of felt in a way that I was kind of pioneering this whole effort to be okay with who you are and express yourself as you feel right. And for people listening, I want to give you permission to be who and what you are. Our gender is part of our core identity, and how we want to express it is a freedom of expression that we should all have. It's a birthright. We're born the gender we are, whatever that is. I know one thing that I'm really happy about. I'm happy to be growing up in the time that I am. I, I know that there's a lot more acceptance for people who are non-binary. I find it pretty interesting that I, of course, I do still get some reactions when I go out, but I'm more surprised that I don't get more reactions. I think that people are getting a lot more used to people expressing themselves differently these days. And sometimes I think that it's really cute when 
I go into a gas station and the people behind the cashiers seem like they would be very conservative people, but they still greet me very friendly and treat me like a regular person. And I mean, part of it is because I've always been a very polite person and taught to make eye contact with people and hold the door open for people and people kind of respond to that. But it's it's nice that I don't feel like people overreact or react negatively most of the time. I've had I've had negative experiences and I've in fact been very frightened at times. But it, it's impressive to me that as many people are just completely okay with my gender expression when I clearly don't fit into any box. And I know that for me, we the world has changed a lot since I was in my childhood. <laughs> it's become much more affirming and accepting, especially in the bigger cities. But even when we go out to pagan events out in the country, there's times when we stop for gas and we get the occasional odd look, but oftentimes people are very accepting and open to it, a lot more than it used to be. So I celebrate in the, this whole concept that we are having an impact in the world and things are changing, and I think for the better, because as I said earlier, we should be able to express our identity as we see fit. We should be able to define who we are and have it be accepted. There should be trust enough to, that I know what I'm doing, I know who I am. I'm not some crazy person. <laughs> I'm very sane, in fact. <laughs> But taking the time to really celebrate and who and what you are, and I do today. It took me a long ways to get to this place, but it was a long journey. But I've come to such acceptance of myself as I am. And I think it's a blessing. Mm -hmm. And we're to station break time. Where does the time fly? <laughs> and I'd like to remind people that we do have a website. Actually, I have a couple of websites. We have ravenslayerleather.com, which, check it out. I've got videos, training films for sale, and I've got a lot of information on the website. And I also have my sex coaching website, uh, it's gg, that's two g's, wilbur.com. And then I also have Aphrodite's Temple, which we meet once a month. In fact, that's this Sunday we meet again, <laughs> after the show goes out Sunday night. And basically, we run a Aphrodite's Temple online on Zoom. 
for people that want to partake and learn and discover and express themselves. And that can be found at ladyboytemple.com. Anything you want to add? If you spend some time exploring the Raven's Lair leather site, you will find uh, different training videos. I know that Gigi has been hard at work uh, updating some of the training videos. And we did a, a whole show last time about a new one that he had that came out on Anal Pleasures. If you want a, a more in-depth look at some ways to learn and grow sexually, and then you can also find our link to our Patreon page at Ravenslayer Leather. Uh, there's a, there's a link there that you can find, uh, or you can visit Patreon.com forward slash ladyboygg and anything that you give helps us to continue to bring you quality sexual education like we always do so yeah check them out and take a look for years minky couture has been donating blankets to nick use across the country Owner Sandy Henry's grandson was born at 30 weeks, and she placed a mini blanket in her grandson's incubator. We want to help other NICU families with the Heart of Minky program. For every adult-sized blanket purchased, Minky Couture will donate a mini-sized blanket to NICUs across the nation. Thanks to you, we can fulfill our dream to blanket the world. And back to our topic... I think one of the things that can be really fun and amazing is, and if you've never tried it before, doing a little gender expression play and exploring what the other side feels like for you. I remember introducing some of my past girlfriends to wear a strap-on and fuck me. And they got so empowered from the experience of playing the male role. And I love playing the female role. Ooh, baby. Oh, oh yes, do me, do me. <laughs> but it was a form of empowerment. A lot of women are never allowed to be in the male, purely male role. That's changing some, but... But there's still a lot of social pressure to be, if you're born with a vulva, you're supposed to act a certain way. And I think just having that freedom to explore and learn about what it is. Because I think in essence, we're all a little bit male and a little bit female. We're a combination. We're not one or the other 100%. And I think exploring those roles can be very empowering for both men and women. Yeah, and I mean, so, like, one of the ways to do that is through wearing different clothing and, and you know, 
trying makeup or doing a drag king look if you want to go more masculine. I also find that for me, like, I feel different things very activity-based. Like, when I am helping my friend work on his car, that feels very masculine. When I work out, to me, that feels very masculine. I've got the a sometimes roommate that I hang out with, and I like to joke that he is my guy friend that I that helps me to feel very masculine because we drink a bunch of whiskey and we do push-ups and we beat our chest and he brings out a very masculine side of me. I like, to me, listening to K-pop makes me feel very feminine. And uh, going to cutesy little Asian stores that sell little tchotchkes and and knickknacks that are very kawaii. That kind of thing makes me feel very feminine. And for me, like when I started to really embrace my being non-binary, I became a lot more aware of what things made me feel masculine and what things made me feel feminine. And I started paying attention, and I can enjoy the times when it comes up naturally, or I can use these things to kind of shift how I'm feeling. If I want to feel more feminine, if I'm going to go out on a date and I want to get dolled up, I'll put on some K-pop and I'll shave my legs and I'll put on fishnets and do things to cultivate the feminine within me. And then a lot of times I like to do cross activities. I like to work out in in skirts. I like to, the other day I was helping a friend work on his car and we were both wearing really cute skirts and crop tops and it was just really cute and people would comment on it when they were walking by doing things that on one hand make me feel feminine and on one hand make me feel masculine really enhances my life and makes me feel very good inside and i know a lot of people that have never experienced this and have never tried it out especially in public it can be very scary. Uh, in fact, I run Aphrodite's Temple for Burning Man events and for, well, the regional ones, and for uh, pagan events in our area. And I've had so many people come in, and at first they kind of check us out. And and then after a while, they kind of think, I've had guys come up and even some women come up and say, well, is it okay if I come in my other persona? I want to dress up tonight. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I say, sure, go for it. And it's like, for some of them, it's the first time they've ever done that. And it's good to have a a receptive audience for your first time. 
because you don't want to do it in a way that's going to be demeaning or combative or where you're having to defend yourself. You want to be celebrated. <laughs> and believe me, at many of these alternative communities, you are celebrated for your gender expression. And it can be so liberating and so freeing to let that other side out and explore it and, and see how people react to it, because it can be a very positive, amazing experience. Yeah, that's one of the nice things about going to a lot of the alternative events that we go to, the different festivals that we do, is I know that I, I've seen a lot of people get to express their gender differently. And a lot of times it's not just people who like are like accepting that they're non-binary but one of the things i see a lot at burns is guys who are definitely guys who are all male but they've never worn a sarong before they've never worn a skirt before and they'll go to burning lamb and they'll you know get a skirt and it doesn't mean that now they have to wrestle with being non-binary no like they just chose to do something a little different and like i think that it, it's healthy to do that even if you are pretty secure in your gender and you don't want to go all the way there like just trying to dip your toes in the water a little bit and express yourself differently can be very very liberating i know there's a big part of like gay culture that are into the drag culture and a lot of drag performers they're not non-binary they just perform as women and they still get a whole lot out of dressing up and looking pretty but when they're not performing they're in guy mode and i think that that's perfectly valid and it's a beautiful expression and i think playing around with these different things, even if you are pretty secure in your gender, can be good for pretty much everyone. And even for those that are just exploring and starting to have questions and are unsure, this is a great place. I mean, some of these alternative communities are a great place to let your hair down, so to speak. <laughs> and test the waters and and see for what feels good and right for you. I know that I had, it was years ago, but I had this one guy come into Temple, and at first he was very, very, very male and came across very masculine. He was a big guy, and... It was, I think, the second or third day of the festival that he came back in a tutu. And was just, he had the biggest smile on his face. And before that, he had just come dressed very masculine. And something just kind of lit up in him. And he just, this, it's hard to describe this, just kind of radiance shone out of him. This pure joy of just dancing around in a tutu by the campfire. <laughs> it was spectacular. 
And I think that was the first time he'd ever done something like that. And he just got so much out of it. And it was like, he came back, you know, I've run into him a few times at events, and usually he's mostly masculine, but every once in a while he likes to get into that femoral and check that out. So it's not something that has to stay fixed or be a lifestyle. It can be something you just test the waters once in a while. And I know that a lot of our listeners might live in more rural areas and might not have alternative communities that they can be a part of, but that doesn't mean that you can't explore some of these things. In the privacy of your own home, you can borrow a girlfriend's clothes. You can have someone that you trust come over and do your makeup. And you kind of test these waters on your own, and you don't have to go out in public dressed up. You can do it in the privacy of your own room. And, and I think that there's still a lot that can be gained from that. I know that during lockdown, I went through a period where I, since I wasn't going out, I wasn't dressing up really. But there were a couple of times that I really had felt so stagnant and I just decided to get dressed up pretty just for myself to be in my house. And it didn't matter that there was no one to to impress because I was there. And it still made me feel really good. So, yeah. I know for guys, it's a lot harder to wear feminine clothes than it is for women because a lot of women wear pants and dress. It's hard to tell when a woman's cross-dressing or just dressing (laughs) because it's so socially accepted that women can wear men's clothes or women's clothes and, and it's not seen as anything that off the cuff, so to speak. But for a guy to wear a dress, it's seen very differently. And that's one of those discrepancies between genders. It's really kind of imbalanced. And I'd like to see us get, as a culture, more balanced and accepting and affirming of everyone. I know that, like, one of the things that makes me really happy is watching the people who are growing up right now who are coming to understand their gender at a much younger age and socially transitioning in middle school and high school and really exploring their gender much more early because there's a lot of backlash now. But the reason there's backlash is because there is a greater um, acceptance of different forms of gender expression and different ways of experiencing gender and a greater understanding that there's this deeper world. I know that when I was in high school, I knew about binary transgender people, but there really wasn't a lot of talk of non-binary people. And it wasn't until I got out of high school that I really started meeting non-binary people. And I, I think that 
kids today are growing up with a different experience, and that makes me really happy. I kind of wonder if I would have come to accept being non-binary earlier in life if there was an awareness of it in high school. And I think you touch on the power of naming. When we can name something, it empowers us. I know that that's one of the things I loved about going to bisexual conferences was I learned the names of new things. Everything from non-binary to gender fluid to even bisexual and triads and all kinds of different relationship configurations. And it was like this amazing social exploration of how can we express ourselves when we have the freedom to do so with kindred spirits. And that was so empowering to me to understand the names of some of these things that I was feeling and were unnamed for so many years. Once I could put a name to it, it was like, oh, wow, this rings a bell for me. This clicks. It's right. It's good. <laughs> One thing that I I want to jump into a little bit right towards the end, because I don't want to whitewash the experience either. And I know that I've had a lot of times where I was scared uh, for my gender expression. Like a couple of months ago, I was on a bus and I was sitting there and I had someone come like I, they were kind of ranting on the back of the bus, and I thought it was directed at me, but I didn't look at them. And as they got off the bus, they spit on me and called me a faggot. And then I went and I told the bus driver, and the bus driver was so cold and mean about it and didn't even, you know, like... I understood that there wasn't a lot that the bus driver could do about it, but the fact that they didn't even show any empathy towards me as a fellow human being felt really hurtful. And most of the time, I don't experience things like that, which makes it all the more jarring that when when I do experience that, it's a little scary. And I think that it's something I've come to accept as a consequence of being as open and out there as I am. Have you experienced anything like that? Oh, yes, many times. And it can be very jarring. In fact, I even experienced it at a pagan event one time. This one newbie had come in, he was very, how can I say, mainstream in his thinking, and he really took a disliking to me, and even voiced it out loud, and was very antagonistic about it. It can be very jarring when that occurs, especially when you're in an environment where you feel like you're protected, <laughs> when it comes out of the 
blue like that, it can be very hurtful. But I also realize that we live in a very sex-negative culture, and a lot of people have been culturated. I'm not saying that to excuse their behavior, but they have a struggle of their own to overcome. And I think part of it is, as I can be out there, I can open the door for many people that are suffering in silence because they can't be expressive and because they can't be who they truly are deep within. And I think that's part of why I do this show, part of why I do the Celebrate by Day. All that I do is to say, hey, there's room in this world for all of us. We just need to learn how to accept each other's differences and say, it's okay to be different. We don't, we, it would be a boring place if everybody was exactly the same. Yeah, definitely. And I've also gotten to have the experience of being somewhere where someone else was getting bullied when I happened to be wearing pants and a t-shirt and didn't, I wasn't the one that was getting picked on, where I got to stand up for a stranger and be like, hey, that's not okay. You can't treat someone like that. Like, why are you being an asshole? And I think that a lot of times bigots are only comfortable because they don't think anyone is going to speak up and say that what they're doing is wrong. And I think if people take the opportunity when they have a chance to support someone who is getting picked on to stand up to the bullies and say, like, no, that's not okay. Like, that's not how we live in a society. I think that I'm seeing that change, too. I'm seeing more people stand up for other people in the world. And I think that one of the things we can all do is be more vigilant and be there for our fellow men or fellow folks when they're being ostracized. I think one of the things I love about the Radical Furies is that they had a real knack for turning things around. They said, yeah, I'm queer. I'm a faggot. Get over it. <laughs> they own the derogatory speech and said, hey, we're here. We're queer. <laughs> and there is a power in speaking out. And I remember one time someone wanted to fight me, and I'm a total pacifist. And I said, well, if you want to really fight me, but I'm not fighting you, go for it. And I put my hands behind my back, and I said, take your punches. Mm -hmm. And very quickly, he just bowed down. He did not want to look like a fool beating on someone that wouldn't fight back mm -hmm. in front of his peers. And so there are ways to disarm a situation. It takes a little creativity sometimes, and... Sometimes just standing your ground and saying, okay, do your worst. 
and I had no idea. I mean, I was inside. I was scared to death. I thought, oh, shit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm going to get pulmonized. But I wasn't going to fight him. Mm -hmm. And I have no desire to fight anybody. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it was just taking that stance and saying, I am who I am. Accept me, reject me if you want, but I'm here. I was put here. <laughs> I was born here, and it's my birthright to mm -hmm. be what I was born to be. Yeah, I think that's what it really comes down to, is that when it comes down to it, we don't have very long on this earth. And I think that... A lot of people are so afraid to accept the non-normative parts of themselves that people can miss out for a very long time on things that would make them a lot happier in the long run if they did come to accept it. You know, I, I know that when I finally accepted that I was non-binary. It r really did start to change a lot of things in my life, and I felt so much more comfortable once I came to accept myself for who I am. And I felt free, and I felt open, and I've uncovered this deep wealth of creativity inside of myself that hadn't been there before and I f just felt a lot more like me and felt so much better and I think that a lot of people are still maybe having trouble making that leap of faith even if they have subconscious or maybe even semi-conscious feelings around their gender, but they might be afraid to, to take that leap. And if you are listening to this and you find yourself in that boat, I'm here to give you permission to take that leap. And maybe at first you have to dress up by yourself or buy a little bit of makeup like there are so many different youtube tutorials on how to do your makeup if you don't want another living soul to know you you can go to the cvs and buy yourself some simple makeup and get yourself dolled up and no one ever has to know or at least maybe not at first until you've experimented and see how you feel I think to kind of wrap up the show, gender expression, or gender, I mean, think about it. The first question asked when, usually when a baby's born, is it a boy or a girl? It's a very core question. And once that question's answered, a whole marketing scheme jumps in to reinforce that decision and 
tons of products are sold depending if you're the answer was you're a boy or a girl everything from toys to cosmetics to underarm deodorant to you name it it's kicked in and reinforces even clothing and that's something that I questioned at one point in my life I thought why is all this so strongly reinforced and pushed towards conforming to? Why is that so? Why is it so important that I wear the right clothes and put on the right cologne or perfumes or we even call it different things for boys and girls? that I even use the right colors. Blue for boys, pink for girls. <laughs> and that I hadn't always been that way. At one point, pink was a boy's color because it was considered a shade of red, and red was considered masculine, and blue was considered feminine because it was like the color of the sky, calming and nurturing. And so things change even in cultures that says what is masculine and what's feminine. Throughout many cultures, that definition has changed. And it hasn't been a constant. It's not real. It's something somebody made up as a silly rule. <laughs> somewhere along the line, and it got accepted. And so what is it to be a male thing or a female thing? There's cultures where women were the warriors. They'd even cut off one breast so they could shoot a bow and arrow <laughs> with more precision. Everything changes from culture to culture. And so what is true sex? What is true gender? And I like to play with it. I like to question it. Go, what is this? Why is it so important to conform to this? Oh, we don't want someone making a mistake and marrying the wrong person. <laughs> or dating the wrong person. <laughs> Who knows? But that's kind of my final thoughts tonight. Any final thoughts? I think kind of along the same idea, or like along the same idea, is that I think that we're culturated in certain ways to feel that certain things are masculine and feel that certain things are feminine. And I don't think... Uh, anything has a hard, fast rule. I think it really comes down to how, what makes you feel feminine or masculine or both or neither. And really, it comes down to what makes you happy, what, what fills you with joy. And I think that as long as you follow your 
your bliss, as long as you follow your joy, as long as you follow what pulls you forward, you can't go wrong. And you get to make your decisions on how you describe that and how it feels. And and I think that whatever you discover, whatever you find, as long as you're following your heart and the internal divine, that you, you really can't go wrong. And so... I would suggest that people maybe spend some time and listen to what's in their heart and what they want and explore and try new things and see how it makes you feel. And don't be afraid of what the heart answers. After all, we don't come with an owner's manual. <laughs> We have to figure it out as we go. <laughs> well, have those amazing nocturnal emissions. Get into your sexy self and explore. Reach those pleasures of the flesh. It can be so exquisite. Have a good night. Good night. I find it interesting that adults in our culture are not provided with informative sexual education. Even married couples don't have access to an adequate sexual education and how to pleasure each other. It's assumed that somehow we will instinctively know all that we need to know about sex. I don't know how you feel about this, but I think there's a better method. I would like to invite you to join me in developing a sex-positive lifestyle with freedom of sexual expression between consenting adults. Join us each week to learn everything sexual. Add your comments about the show and any suggestions you have for future show topics. We would love to hear from you. Be sure to subscribe to the show so you won't miss any episodes. This concludes this edition of Adult Bedtime Stories. Are you ready to experience nocturnal emissions? Sex is the final frontier. So explore everything sexual.